first reading is from Isaiah, the sixth chapter. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go with us, for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is the word of the Lord. The psalm today is Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood the Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. The second reading is from Acts, the second chapter. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. 
being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he had, was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit he has poured out, this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of our Lord. So every year we get to remember and celebrate a Holy Trinity Sunday. And so what would be an approach this year, and this was a, a story that will 
maybe give us insight to a, an approach to the, for this year. The story is this. There's a young father. He has a young family. The father's been educated. He's practiced. He's gone through all the, the demands of it. And now he's working as a, as a doctor, a general practitioner doctor. One evening after his day of work, a long day of work, he comes home and he's still wearing some of his doctor clothes. He enters the house and he has a toddler, a young toddler. The young toddler had not been feeling well all day, been sick in the stomach, just not feeling well all day. That young toddler gets up, comes running across the house, runs towards dad, kind of jumps up for dad to try to catch. Dad catches him and he's holding him in the arms. That's kind of a beautiful sight, right? Then he says, he says, the toddler says, doctor, I'm sick. Please make me feel better. Well, dad's kind of taken back by the words. And yet he responds with a loving voice to this words. He said, oh, son, you're mistaken. Doctor is what I do. Father is who I am. Now, with that in mind, throughout the year, we get to reflect upon God, all the good and powerful and loving things that God has done for us. In the season of Advent, we get to remember what God has done and said to us, and we remember prophecy and promise in Advent. In Christmas, we get to remember the nativity, the gift of God in the nativity, and a promise kept. Epiphany, we get to remember the revelation and the gifts of God's revelation to us. The season of Lent, the gift that we celebrate is how God is inviting us all to return, that God knows us. He knows everything about us collectively and individually, and he still says, come home to me. Holy Week, we get to remember how God sacrifices and how he's providing as the redemption for us. Easter, we get to remember God's gift in a victory and life. The day of Pentecost, just last week, the gift of the Holy Spirit given, we remember that that came. And now we're in the long season, it's gonna start the season of Pentecost, how God has given us the examples in Jesus of, of how to live and how to to fully live, experience life, and, and then to follow him. 62 worship services a year, right? 52 Sundays plus the Advent plus the Lent and the special services. 62 year times out of those 62, all but one, we get to remember what God has done for us and with us. Today, the one day, we celebrate not just what God has done, we get to celebrate who God is. We get to celebrate God is a holy trinity. Now, a common challenge for us who are, who are the children of God and approaching our Heavenly Father, running home every weekend to be here in his lap, if you imagine that, um, was demonstrated by the toddler with the father. We approach God and we try to understand who, who God is by, by what God does. And, and we have a lot of examples given to us in, in the Bible and scriptures. We're just going to the next slide. We're going to go from A to Z. And it's, this is not going to be an exhaustive list, but this is some of the things that the children have come to know and recognize in their father, in their God. Advocate, almighty, alpha, anointed one, author, perfecter, beginning, bread of life, bridegroom, Christ, comforter, cornerstone. That's just a C. We got more. I'm going to read fast. I know that your eyes can keep up faster than I can talk, but we're going to go through this. 
Deliverer, Emmanuel, end, everlasting, Father, faithful, foundation, friend of sinners, gate, gift, God, good shepherd, head, high priest, holy one, I am. Jesus, King, Lamb, Life, Light, Lion, Lord, Master, Mediator, Messiah, Omega, Passover Lamb, Physician, Priest, Prophet, Rabbi, Ransom, Redeemer, Refiner, Refuge, Resurrection, Righteousness, Rock, Savior, Servant, Son of God, Son of Man, Son of Mary, Stone, Teacher, Truth, Way, Wonderful Counselor, Word, Vine. What a list. Again, that's not exhaustive. We could have been here longer. I didn't want to have you run out of patience with that part. Now, all those attributes, all those names, they're true. Just like he was a doctor. All right? They're true, and they can all contribute to our understanding of who God is. They might even be helpful as we strive to understand and communicate what we know about God to the people we know and love around us. No doubt, those things might be easier to communicate and give examples to, particularly to non-believers, than to start talking about God as the Holy Trinity. Still, there's a difference between what God has done and who God is. So to help us again remember what we believe, even if it's a mystery and we're limited by our cognitive abilities and limitations to understand it, even so we'll hold it then as mystery. So we're going to look at the following picture. Holy Trinity. When you look at that, we believe what this picture presents, though we lack an understanding of the mystery of it, right? Anytime you try to put God on a piece of paper or God into words, you're insulting God and we're, we're talking about something that's limits. I get that. But for our minds, where we're at now, we can say that God is the Father, God is the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit. And we can say that the Father is not the Son, and the Father is not the Holy Spirit. We can say that the Son is not the Father, and the Son is not the Holy Spirit. And we can say that the Holy Spirit is not the Father, and the Holy Spirit's not the Son. We can say that. And I really not quite get it. But we can hold it to be true. First part of the Holy Trinity. Let's go to the next slide, Chops. What we believe, three things we're going to hold on today. What we believe is Christians. And then when you're having conversations with people who knock on your doors and are inviting you to have faith conversations about what they believe and how they think that they're enlightened, we need to adjust. These are things we hold on to. If they do not hold on to these things, then we let go of them. Pretty simple. First thing we hold on to is that there is one God. One God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. This is the thing, one of the things, the great Shema that Israel will declare. Shema means listen. Verse 4 says this, hear, right? Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Even the language speaks of the Trinity. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. John chapter 10, verse 30, it says this. This is what Jesus says. Jesus tells us, I and the Father are one. So we can say there is one God. 
there was a heresy early on, and a heresy could be 90% right, but if it's 10% wrong, it's still heresy. It has to be all true. So for there's a heresy called tritheism. Tritheism was this. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three independent and distinct divine beings as opposed to three persons in one being. The heresy is true. They're distinct, but it's not completely true because they're still one. That brings us on to the next piece of the Holy Trinity, what we believe. The next piece that we believe is that God is three eternal persons. Matthew chapter 3, the baptism, verse 16, 17. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest in him. Behold, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Three persons. Eternal three persons. There was a, there was a heresy called modalism. The heresy was much, sometimes we might even step into this a little bit. When you're talking to a child, and what is God? And you think of water, right? Well, water is a solid, and so water is a liquid, and water is also a gas, right? There's, there's three things, but yet it's one. Well, that's modalism. It's, it's suggesting that there's, there's one in three expressions, rather than three distinct persons. We believe that God is three eternal persons. So the modalism is not quite complete. Third part of Holy Trinity, what we believe. We believe that each person is God. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus tells his friends, he tells his church, Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Friends, we are baptized and we are united into one God. Each person is God, and we're baptized into three, yet one. And the conclusion of pieces is this opening story with this toddler running to the a professional dad, a doctor dad, says, Doctor, I'm sick. Please make me feel better. That story wasn't just to communicate the difference between what someone does and who they are. Because the father just isn't father or doctor. He's also husband and son, maybe a brother, maybe a friend, right? There's more hats to that. We get that. But what's at the heart of that little story is, is for us all, is that the heart of that story is that the child can run or approach or be found by the parent and cry out to them to be embraced and cry out to them to be loved and healed and celebrated. Today we get to remember in the Trinity that all three persons and the oneness of God is seeking a relationship with us. That our God wants us near to him. Our God wants to give us his very best gifts. When we're a little bit down, go to him and be embraced by him. When we're wounded, go to him and be healed by him. When we don't have it, we can approach him and ask for him to gift it to us. We can say thank you for the blessings and then and continue to bless us. He is a God that is very approachable and his goal is healing. We've seen that all along. And the emphasis of the healing, the emphasis of being saved is found in God the Father. Because from the beginning, we see God the Father is the architect to put this plan of salvation into motion. 
He did that from the beginning. As soon as there was a separation, the plan was made. This is how we're going to get him back. And when the time was right, here comes Jesus. But Father put together that plan. We read some of that in John 3, 16 today and 17. Today we read that the Father sent the Son. The Father sent the Son to save us to heal us, to make sure that we would know what the Father was because we couldn't see him, but we could see the Son. And the Son said, yes. And so God said, yes. And so in this mystery of the Trinity, it started with the Father and the Son and the Spirit. We don't separate them, but that's God. God wants us close and healed and loved. He didn't send the Son to the world to condemn the world. Rather, that the world would be saved through him. That was the plan of the Father from the foundations of the world, that we would be saved. So yes, we can be the child that runs to our God and be embraced. God the Son is also involved, obviously. Personally, he is involved because he humbles himself from the heist of heaven and he wears human flesh. He becomes one of us, fully one of us, fully God, fully man, And he comes because he seeks us. He wants us to be healed by him. And if we can't find him, he finds us. That was part of that. You'll see some of the episodes in that chosen thing. Jesus is coming to them. He absolutely is taking wide trips so that he can be at a well when the Samaritan woman be there because he came for that one woman in Samaria, right? Jesus sets himself by the side of the lake because Peter was completely broken at that point and he had no hope. He would be going to jail if he did not have a catch. He would lose his boat. He would lose everything. Then he would be in jail until he could pay off his debt and Jesus finds him and says, throw it to this side. And Peter realizes, I'm too dirty to be around you. Jesus comes to us. Story after story, we remember. Luke 19.10 says this, The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. God, our triune God, God, the person of Jesus, comes to seek and save the lost. That's what we're here for as a church, is to get everybody's attention and then say, look, there's Jesus. The third person of the Trinity is a part of the salvation program as well. The Holy Spirit of God, God, empowers us with all that God is. When you say grace, I mean, receive the grace of God. What you're saying is you're receiving God because God is grace. And the love and the goodness and the healing and all that, you can interchange those words. The grace and God, the Holy Spirit is that. He wants to come to us. He was sent to us by the Father and the Son as a gift to us to guide us in the ways that is a life of blessing. So we would turn from the ways that just keep causing us hardship and heartache and a gray, lifeless piece of our existence. No, we'll turn that gray darkness away and we will go to the the Father because the Holy Spirit does that. So we can have strength and healing. Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. God sends the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to come to us because that is the power of God. That is the life and the love and the goodness and all things heaven for us. Holy Spirit. All three want to save. One in saving. Luther teaches us. We'll end with this. Luther teaches us. And we've come to trust this and and, and impartially kind of understand this. 
He says in the third article of the creed, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me in the gospel. The Holy Spirit has enlightened me with his gifts. The Holy Spirit is sanctifying me and keeping me in the true faith. And he ends that article saying, and on the last day he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to us and all believers in Christ. And he says, this is most certainly true. God, Holy Trinity, seeks and saves and has the power to do so. Friends, we believe in one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, revealed in scriptures as a God who loves, as a God who seeks, and a God who saves. Our place today, maybe it's not to understand the fullness of this mystery of the Holy Trinity. Maybe it's enough for us today to say, God, help us to know you and help us to make you known. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have poured out upon us the fullness of your mercy and love. Your spirit anoints us and your son redeems us. You continue in faithfulness to us even when we have not been faithful to you. We praise you, O God, and together as your people we call upon your name this day and ask you to make us be blessings to others. As we have received, so help us to give. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, you promise to always be with us. We ask that you comfort those we know and love who are experiencing difficulty and pain, especially those we softly name before you now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, you are trustworthy and true. We pray for the church and for this household of faith. Help us grow daily in our faith by studying your word and in prayer. Let your Holy Spirit work in this congregation. Give us a vision for the future and reverence for the past. Open our hearts and minds as you reveal to us the church you want Emmanuel Lutheran to be. Help us to know you more and to make you known to those around us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.